0: Landmine Radio, Landmine Radio, high energy, no filter. Oh yeah! This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Ditman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? high-quality information, because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Ditman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Ditman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com. Okay, back here with uh, kind of the man of the hour, one, one of the, the features of yesterday's crazy floor session, Uh, Representative David Eastman. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. Good to be here. This is, I think, your third time on the podcast.
1: Good man. I know it's been a little while.
0: So, uh, for the folks listening, if they're paying attention, yesterday was a pretty crazy, wild day on the House floor between the... And actually, the first Monday and Tuesday were relatively normal. I mean, there was a lot of amendments. You had a lot of amendments. Other people had amendments. They got through them, you know, relatively uh, normal, calm, until on Tuesday night, the... Minority Dan Ortiz had an amendment to basically have the funding switch uh, for the 50-50 dividend. Half would be the general fund and then half would be the constitutional budget reserve and their argument about fiscal plan and, you know, balanced budget. And it went down, but that kind of seemed to have triggered or did something with the majority. And then they did something to change an amendment that added $175 million to education. And that's what kind of started off the, the craziness that, 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 Really started on Wednesday. Is that kind of
1: accurate? You know, I think the Republican, um, I think the Republicans for the most part got the idea. I'm not sure exactly where or how, but they got the idea that the minority might not support their CBR vote.
0: Yeah, after the Ortiz amendment went down, it, it, several of them, I think Shrogi and maybe Ortiz and some others, had, had basically expressed, um, "We're not going to give the seat," which is. 30 votes to access the savings account, which is this thing that's been going on since the 90s. It's a constitutional thing. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the majority got concerned or basically wanted to play hardball. And they said, okay, well, if you want the education funding, which they want really bad, you have to give a, You have to vote for the CBR because the majority only has 23 people. So they need at least seven more to get to 30.
1: Correct. Correct. And so since they didn't have... Um uh, any assurance from minority that they were going to get their CBR vote, which I I don't think anyone from the minority promised them a CBR vote anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh, once that became the idea, then they decided that they would have to uh, backdoor their vote for the CBR some other way.
0: What well, I thought, and I think a lot of us thought, that the education funding, that was the deal. Like that was the, because the CBR is important. And, and then they put that up, I think it was like the First or Second Amendment, and it, it was passed almost, I think you were the only no vote, 39 to 1. Um, and I guess there was either a failure of communication or also I think there's been some speculation, and this makes sense, is if this gets changed to the CBR and then when the Senate does whatever they do in the conference committee, if the versions are different, this could be like a bargaining or negotiating. But anyways, it happened on Tuesday night, and it it got kind of contentious, and they ended up adjourning to Wednesday, yesterday, and they go back, and, and they're still on this, Amendment. The, the, well, they actually had to rescind the action, which means they had to undo it to, ch- to be able to change it. And then it got really kind of wild. And when it became clear, uh, there was a bit of a break. And then I saw several of them ditch, kind of flee. And it's funny because about four years ago, we did a satire and it was kind of, I don't remember this, but it was House Republicans flee to Canada. Good times. I, I I was here when all that was going on. You were on. here. And and for you know the folks listening, uh, there's these procedural things and these rules where if you put a call, uh, you compel attendance and you kind of stop the action. So they all left 14 of the 16. Shragi came back, the minority leader, and he gave a speech. He was very angry about what they were doing. He called, he said, taking the kids hostage or the money hostage. And Edgman stood up and said, I'm not going to be called a hostage taker. And that's where it kind of really started. Then he put a call and the sergeant in arms started Searching the building and everything kind of got I mean, have you you've been here what six years? is your seventh year? Yeah. And I've been here five, this is my fifth year, and I've seen a lot of stuff. And a few times I mean nineteen, I think Senator Schauer and Senator Hughes kind of tried to take off and they they figured that out pretty quickly what they were trying to do. But it got pretty wild yesterday.
1: I'll say I think uh rancor is the the right word. There was plenty Be of a little that closer to the right. mic there.
0: <clears throat> um and and but the reason I want to talk to you is because there's 23 in the majority, there's 16 in the minority, that's 39, there's 40 members, and there's you. And you're not in either. So, so you were there during all of this. And eventually, you know, th- hours later they did come back. The they major- majority figured out a way to kind of say what they're doing is a you know, dilatory delay tactic. Um, but then the minority started to try to mess with them and delay. And, and frankly, um, just to be kind of frank, do things that over the years you've become pretty good at. The rules, the procedures, you know, understanding all this. And, and at some point, there's actually a picture I just put on Twitter, but uh, you were seen and I was on the floor. You were talking to the minority members quite a bit. Um, almost, I would say, some kind of advisory, maybe in consulting. <clears throat> role. Is that kind of
1: accurate? To- no, no. We, we were just talking about uh, some of the, the silly things that the majority was trying. And, and, of course, when you're in the minority, which we have been for you know six years on the Republican side, you you don't have the benefit of, of just outvoting the other side on everything that comes up. And so you have to understand, all right, where where does the minority have rights and, and where can they uh, insist that their voice is heard? And, and one of the places that the minority absolutely has a right to be heard is on amendments to the budget. And, and sometimes on some issues that might be the only day in the entire year on the entire calendar where the minority actually gets to, you know, uh, raise a topic that's important to, to their constituents because the committee process is controlled by the majority. If they don't want to hear something, they effectively, you know, just shut it down. And so it doesn't matter how many people, you know, in the public want to talk about a particular issue, want to address a particular concern. The, mi- the majority can just, you know, shut it down. Um that's not the way it's designed, but but effectively that's what they've been doing, and so the the budget vote is is sometimes the minority's only shot, and and that's why you see so so those
0: amendments. At one point, you had um, several amendments, and at the end of the budget, um, there was some intent language things, and Representative Edgman tried to effectively uh, pool or bundle all of your amendments <coughs> into one thing, <coughs> and then table that. And that's something else I want to talk about. They've they've been this new thing and i've seen stuff in the past get table but but it seems now with you that the the t- strategy is just table all of his stuff. um but you actually through some maneuvering and some some rule referencing the rules they weren't a- actually able to to do that with your amendments to, to bundle them and then table them and, and it ended up kind of becoming a one by one issue and some of them you you removed some of them they t- got tabled but you wanted... Is it true you wanted to get those amendments on the record or you wanted to at least have the public be able to see what you were offering?
1: Sure. Well, you know, if I have an amendment, you can can bet that there's someone behind that amendment that is calling for that issue to be be raised. Um, you know, if it can't be solved this year, then at least raise the issue so that it can be part of the discussion for, for next year, what have you. Um, so each of the amendments generally relate to you know a, a different concern that isn't being addressed or isn't being concerned. And, um, and that is the role of legislators, to, to raise those issues. And the majority, uh, historically, um, you know, under, especially under, you know, someone like Chenault, who was the longest-serving, you know, speaker in the House. Eight, eight years. Uh, you, as the minority, could put forward your amendments. And and the majority didn't need to put forward their amendments because they already got their buddy in the, the well, committee Sh- to do it for them. Sh-
0: Chenault told me, I've talked to former speakers like Chenault, like Chenault, and, and John Harris, you know, got, got, he's still around, he's a lobbyist, but... Um, I mean, they kind of said the same thing. It's like we, we get the budget. The idea is to have the majority budget ready to go on the floor. Now, if there's some sometimes some small, tiny fixes you need to fix some some small thing. There's an amendment, um, but then the minority would offer their amendment. And and I remember watching years ago them go till two three in the morning, and Chenault would tell me I'd say let them. They can do whatever they want. You know, if they want if we want right. to stay here till three in the morning, and, and that's up to them to. Do. But now we've seen in recent years, kind of limiting the debate, trying to, I mean, but have they ever, I don't recall them actually just t- like tabling.
1: Yeah, so. Uh, all your stuff. I mean, you, Bryce, some of your stuff got heard. Bryce Edgeman really broke from Chennault uh, on that. And and the minority traditionally would have a lot of amendments. And so that's just part of, of the way that
0: the process runs. And Because for the folks listening, you want to, you know, sometimes you want to get something heard, but sometimes you also want to get the other folks to, to be on the record, you know, maybe voting against something. It's almost pointing out a hypocrisy. Like, they, they say this thing, and, well, here's an amendment, vote for this thing. But then they don't vote for it, because that's not what the you know majority wanted to do. Uh, there is <clears throat>
1: definitely plenty of room for pointing out hypocrisy. That That's true, um, and it shouldn't be that way, but... The, the amendment process itself, I mean, I, I remember my very first year as a, a legislator, you know, we're voting on Amendment 134, you know, passes or actually mm-hmm. failed by like 17 to 21, I think was the, the, the score. Um, and, and that was that was normal. There was nothing outrageous about that. Uh, You know, even when, you know, Edgman was Speaker, that was that was just normal. And, and Tammy and, Wilson put forward like 300 plus amendments. I mean,
0: and, and, and I would say, too, that there, there's, you know, the, the kind of getting it out of the record, pointing out the hypocrisy or maybe messing with them, but there's also the... The, the, just the concept of that, the idea of that should alone make or incentivize the majority to be as fair as possible because they know that if they treat people unfairly, whoever it is, Republicans, Democrats, the minority always has the ability to, to, to do all this stuff. So that's, so there's an incentive to say, look, they can do right. this. Let's, let's, you know, I guess the idea would be let's treat people fair, especially when they have big numbers.
1: Sure. And, and the caucus mistake is, you know, we formed a majority, so – you know, the 100-plus the thousand Alaskans that aren't in our majority are being represented by, you know, someone of us, then they don't matter. I mean, that, that literally is the mentality sometimes, and it's important for us to walk back and say, wait a second. Um, you know, they elected someone different. The, the person they elected isn't in the majority. Uh, they still have every right to, you know, have their voice be heard, and that's the purpose of a legislature. Otherwise, uh, you know, back in the days of Rome, they, they had dictators. They called them dictators. That's what they did. We chose a different form of government, so let's stick
0: with it, right? Yeah, and I, I, I've, I've always heard the, the said the rule of twenty-one or the rule of eleven. If you have twenty-one, you know, members in the house, you can kind of do what you want. They say they say that, but there is the you know, uniform rules, and which Trump the Masons' manual Masons' rules, which are also adopted. But there were some things you know done that I mean I think yesterday one of the ones that I kind of noticed was. I'm not trying to, you know, cast aspersions here, but but Tilton, Speaker Tilton re- recessed when there was a call uh, on the in the Masons manual says so you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. But but they did. I mean, and, and the, I guess this and
1: it's worse than that because this great situation
0: where if something really gets challenged, ever, and I don't know if this would ever get to this point, but you know, would the courts could somebody say, well, this happened and therefore nothing else afterwards. You know, it's valid. I don't know. Is that certainly if the Senate wanted to do that, they they certainly have that uh,
1: prerogative. But but I'll tell you, it's 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 worse than even what you just said because the Speaker is specifically forbidden from making any motions to recess, to adjourn, to anything, and for the Speaker to uh, violate the call of the House, which is the right of of any legislator, and and just declare a recess. You know, flies in the face of you know what thousand years of parliamentary history. You know, Parliament's been around a long time. They they came up with this stuff back in England a long time ago, and we've borrowed in that tradition, and and what we saw yesterday was completely outside. But,
0: but, but, but do you think the rules were designed to allow, you know, in this case, like, people leaving and purposely stalling? I mean, I think this happened, you know, years ago in Illinois. They went to Wisconsin. More recently, a bunch of Democrats in Texas flew to Washington, D.C. Um, in those cases, they actually – they had to go. They had to basically get them to come back.
1: Yeah, and the but, but in this had case they arrest warrants the whole nine yards. In this in case, Texas.
0: they just said, I think they ruled it. They said it's a delay tactic. It's out of order. No, that's actually not one of the options. That but, but that's what that's what happened, right?
1: Uh, yeah, they they started to go down that road. I think they thought better of it and came back. But um, but yeah, you know, if, if it was that easy, then Texas would have, would have done that rather than issuing arrest warrants to legislators and. Oregon, also. I mean, is I've heard the stories
0: approach. back in the seventies. Clem Tillian, before he died, told me that some some guy went, to, I think, Pelican, and they they fled, and they sent the troopers after him, and, and they literally brought him because the rules say you can the presiding officer can can request his assistance of the Department of Public Safety. Clem Tillian's like, I want him brought back here in, in handcuffs, and I, I guess they were literally drugged back in with into the chambers in handcuff by the troopers. So that's what it's. That's what it says you're i guess supposed to do.
1: The constitution gives you that right. As, as a legislator, you're, you know, free from being arrested by a police officer for, you know, traveling to and from the the legislative session because your duty is to be in the legislature when they're voting. I mean, that that is your responsibility. You got elected. No one else in your district can do that. They can't vote by proxy. You know, we don't do remote online voting here in Alaska. So literally you have to be in your chair if your district,
0: you know, is some some vote. states actually have the proxy deal where you can send in somebody. Yeah, to Congress vote, to was, vote.
1: was you know <coughs> doing a little bit of the remote voting here uh, until this.
0: this I think Texas, you can actually send in like a, you can designate a proxy, like but, another person.
1: Yeah, there's another state that I was talking with legislators from where you know somebody goes on the floor and pushes the button for you, which isn't really supposed to happen, but does anyways. Fortunately, I think for everyone, we're, we don't do that. Yeah. You know. um, and and so it does mean you you literally have to be. Well, I've always I
0: heard an argument a long time ago that I've always gone back to with remote voting. Um, the reason you want to have people in person is because if you're remote, who who's behind the camera? Who's telling you what to do? Who's talking? You know, when you're in the room, you know <clears throat> you can't do that. You, know, you can leave. You can get on the phone or something. But people, you know, when you hit the button, ultimately. No, no one's there telling you yeah, what to do
1: the, the the people that you represent have every right to know that it was you that cast the button and, and which way you know the vote went and that's that's part of being elected um, and, and some of that was was forgotten yesterday which is unfortunate because um, even though there's some inconvenience attached with having to wait for somebody to I don't know if they had vehicle trouble or whatever it is, you know, to, to have the vote.
0: No, I think they were hiding, hiding, uh, hiding well, out.
1: Well, and, and you don't necessarily know ahead of time what it is, uh, but if, if it becomes a, an issue where someone is deliberately not showing up to vote and they're supposed to be there, then, yeah, there's, there's you know, the, the Constitution gives the right of even a, a minority of legislators to compel people whether they want to or not to come back to the legislature and and be there to conduct business.
0: I just I guess I like I said before I wonder um, I, the, the, I'm, gl- I'm glad the rules are I think it's important but you know I mean we're, like to what end? I mean what if what if people what if somebody gets on an airplane and leaves the state? Is that yeah. just stop stop everything until they can go find them and and I guess you know in the Illinois case I think they couldn't they couldn't leave um, the border. That's why they went to Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, Each state is a little bit different. And uh, some states like Texas actually require uh, a two-thirds, you know, um, attendance just to have quorum. Yeah, right. And 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 that's what they were doing in that situation. So that isn't the case here in Alaska. We're a little bit different that way. Uh, But we do have the requirement in our Constitution that that you need to be there. And and, uh, hopefully that doesn't involve, you know, arrest warrants or, or troopers or anything like that. But... If it's a persistent problem then it can it can go there, and the rules provide for that uh, unfortunately it, it's been so long since that was enforced that I think you know people have got the idea that well that they're just never going to do that, which invites people to delay uh which shouldn't happen but but
0: it it invites that until those rules are enforced so they came back and then and then we saw where and this is kind of where you came you came in the minority was essentially doing they were trying to delay by offering a lot of amendments, um, bringing back old, you know, trying to bring back stuff that already happened. I mean, this one, you this know, one.
1: It, it's, I, I look at it a little differently. Um, so the majority was opposed to most of the amendments. And and that kind of goes back to, well, you know, they already got a chance to to make the budget bill the way they wanted to through the committee process, uh, which many in the minority may not have had access to. Um, if you don't sit on the finance committee, then, you know, maybe you, you don't have the opportunity to, um, you know, get the finance committee to, to do something that you think is important. And so
0: when it comes out of the finance committee and the majority is is expect you expect and, and them to be happy with it. For, for the folks listening, um, the minority does have, you know, so many members. So they in the House, at least, they have <clears throat> four members on the finance committee. But whatever comes out of the finance committee, and this is what happens on the floor, is subject to, to re- cha- changes or amendments on the floor. Exactly. Um, and this is, I mean, the minority... Whether it's Republicans, Democrats, the idea is they're working together and they're trying to get their people to do whatever on the Finance Committee. But then if they can't, they want to come back and do it again. On the, so you can have kind of a second bite at the apple. Um, yes, and so there are there were some majority members that put forward amendments yesterday,
1: but but the expectation I think is that the majority was going to oppose most of the things coming out
0: because they you know didn't need to to allow them. Well, what's to weird about back. this time is several uh, majority. I think Tom had an amendment for. Uh, energy rebate dividend Uh, Allard had an amendment for some investigator for election for there were some other examples um of majority members amendments getting voted down which is weird which is not common usually the majority only puts amendments out if if they want to fix something or but but they don't have a binding deal they can kind of do whatever they want on the vote so
1: the binding nation of uh nature that's a little bit questionable but um the the amendments that come out, you know, are are for different reasons. Sometimes it's to raise an issue. Sometimes it's to to change something. And uh, and sometimes, you know, the the amendments that we put forward in when I was in the Republican minority, would we would put forward an amendment knowing that the majority of Republicans in the Senate would be able to see that and latch onto that. Hear maybe some of the debate pros and cons and decide whether or not they wanted to include it when they came mm-hmm. over to the other body. I and mean, that that's part of. The House is the first, you know, body that's dealing with it, so the amendments that are brought up here have a chance to pass either in the House or in the Senate. Um, and so when you when you try and, and squelch that debate and silence that, what you're really, you know, telling, you know, the, the minority members is, hey, you know, not only do we not like your idea, but we, we're not even going to let you discuss it, and we certainly don't want the other, you know, body discussing it. So, um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's all dorked up for, for lots of different reasons. But um, the idea that the majority... Um, is going to you know not support amendments as kind of expected. And so when you have a, an amendment that the majority is going to support, like Amendment 26, um, no matter whether you're on the majority, That was the education Yeah, planning. no matter yeah. when you're on the majority or the minority, you're like, okay, well, this amendment they like, this is going to pass. So if you want to get your, your material into the budget, this is the only vehicle available to you. And so that's why you saw all the different amendments from the minority coming on to Amendment 26, because that was going to be the, the amendment that was going to pass. So yeah, the, you, the, the
0: the amendment amendments to the amendment.
1: Yeah, yeah so if you got your amendment on 26th, then you, you're golden. You knew it was going to end up in the final budget.
0: Sometimes, rarely, uh, an amendment will get passed, and then it screws up the actual amendment. So I, I think you've done that before. I believe you've gotten amendments to amendments passed, and then they get mad because it screws up the underlying. And then, you know, they... I mean, I've, I've seen these kind of things happen uh, rarely, but they, they do sure, happen sometimes.
1: Sure. Well, and, and you know, if you're going to amend the, the budget on the floor, then sometimes it's going to be things you like and sometimes you think you don't
0: like. So so I guess the, the real reason I want to have you honor the big question is like, what were you, yesterday as somebody not part of either caucus, you were, or made a joke on Twitter, you're kind of a free agent. You know, you're the joker. You're just like, you know, let it, that little meme, you know, everything burns. And you're kind of, what were you thinking? I mean, because you were voting... With the majority and with the minority on certain, you know, different votes, you were speaking in favor of members in the majority, in favor of some members in the minority. Uh, the one I'll point out is um, Representative McCabe said something about what Representative Schragge said. Basically, he's, you know, impugning the mo- – you, you, you stood up and said, we're not supposed to impugn the motives, which has been – which, which is said a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you'd think, you know, if you're an observer, it's like, well, you're a Republican, he's a Republican, you're from the kind of the same area. But but then that kind of set something a little bit off, too. So I guess what were you thinking and what was your observation and and, and what was it like being kind of just the man in the middle? Yeah, well, you know, this idea that, you know, part of being in the, the
1: majority is blind faith to whatever it is that somebody in the majority is doing, I think, is is completely antithetical to being a legislator. And, and actually representing the, the people who sent you. I mean, yes, there, there are legislators here who represent their caucus, and that is their single overriding you know, desire and, and how they make their decisions. Um, I, I'm not in that camp. The, the folks that sent me here are the ones that I'm loyal to. And, and if what's in their best interest lines up with something the majority is doing, then more power to them. And if, if it's something the minority is doing, uh, it's the same. Uh, and I'd be glad to support you know, what it is that, that my folks sent me here to support um, and whose name is on it and, and which caucus they represent is, is not the most important
0: thing to me. So today, uh, things were markedly way calmer, nor- more normal. Some people even from both my caucuses kind of even apologized for, you know, I think Ashley Carrick said she was sorry. Will Stapp said he was sorry. They were both from Fairbanks. But uh, and then they passed the bu- they finished amendments on the budget, the operating budget, the mental health budget. Now they're in the third reading, which means the final. You can't change it anymore. That's going to happen on Monday, but then afterwards they have the special order. And I was going to ask you, Representative Carrick um, stood up and basically said, you know, this idea of tabling, and she referenced the rules and, you know, when you should table and why you should table and the point of tabling. Um, She said, you know, the idea of just doing this now as a norm to not hear things isn't, you know, should be cautious. And so she, you know, as a Democrat from Fairbanks who I I would say, you guys aren't having beers, stood up and, and essentially defended you and said, it's not right to do what they were doing. Yeah, so I guess absolutely. what 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 were your, what were your thoughts about that?
1: And 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 I don't think we're going to line up on on many policies at all. But uh, I would absolutely stand up and defend her her right on behalf of her constituents to do the same, to put forward a proposal and and have it be debated on the merits. And if the majority doesn't you know want to be part of that and want to be silent, well, that's their prerogative. But it, it isn't their prerogative to silence everyone in the minority from being able to to have their voice.
0: So going forward, um, I guess we'll see on Monday, but. If it happens Monday, it could happen later, they have to pass the budget, um, and then there's this three-quarter vote, which, which, which matters, but, but doesn't matter um, enti- wholly because when it comes back from the conference, that's really the vote that matters is the conference committee. Once each body does a thing and they go to this joint committee to work it out. But I guess what do you see happening um, with the budget? And Another question, and, and I've written about this, and I'll give a plug to the Alaska Political Report, today uh the senate hasn't sent the capital budget they haven't even done much with the capital budget so if the house sends an operating budget to the to the senate the senate's in possession of all appropriation bills um and we're already coming up on mid-april and they've done this before where they just kind of wait and and, and, you know run out the clock and then send over the what's been called the turducken where it's it's a capital operating supplemental wrapped up into one here you go take it or leave it yeah yeah
1: that's a mess (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm expecting that the CBR vote will fail on Monday from the House. Um, And you're right, that's not a a fatal blow to the budget because it could be revived later on in the process.
0: It does give the House um, an opportunity if the Senate does do it. Those are different items in the conference and that, that becomes a point of well, leverage or negotiation, I guess.
1: Yeah. And on the CBR, it's actually, it's already a point of contention because we've written into the budget that the CBR is there, but we haven't actually funded it. And so it, it is something to be resolved, you know, by the conference committee at some point, And then it's going to have to come back to the house and if it's going to pass at some point, it needs to pass the house with the, the three quarter vote. Uh, and, and the idea is that the, the other body of the conference committee will do Enough to change it to, to get those thirty votes from the minority in the now,
0: house. Now, what do you think about the possibility? And that really, this all comes down, as it has since twenty sixteen, to the dividend. The Senate's been pushing for the twenty five. Most most people in the finance committee have been pushing for the twenty five seventy five, which is about a thirteen hundred dollar dividend, eight hundred and fifty million. The fifty fifty is about twenty six hundred, maybe a little more, one point seven billion. It's half of the POMV transfer. W- what if and this is what I'm kind of interested in. What if the conference committee report comes back and the dividend is is reduced to a point where the CBR isn't even needed? Because, I mean, if Edgman, you know, he's never been a big dividend guy, and I, I assume he'll be on the conference, but we'll see. If it's him and Delana Johnson and then some minority member, whoever the minority member is, they would, because the conference is, you have to get two votes from each side. It's three people on each side. So, so what if... Um, the budget came back with a tiny, smaller dividend, which which eliminated the need for the, you know, potential need for the CBR draw, that would really upset some of the majority members, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, I think it, it likely would upset the apple cart a bit. Um, but the way that the uh, bill's going over to the the Senate, you know, the education funding will be tied to the CBR. So I, I would imagine that the, the Senate, if they're going to act on that, they're going to find uh, find the money from somewhere else in, other than the CBR. Well,
0: the Senate will probably fund it with general fund. Most likely. So they could fund it with general fund, you know, education money. And I think they're going to, I'm hearing they're going to raise it. I think it's going to come back at about 200 million. It's 175 now. Because um, some some of the, you know, Luke, Senator Tobin and others are really pushing for the, they want the permanent increase, but this is a one time. Um, yeah, they could fund it with general fund and then they could um, say the dividend, it's, you know, they're going for twenty-five seven. Let's say it's thirty-five percent or some some compromise number, um, but but many in the Republican majority, the full dividend or you know they've they've the to them the fifty-fifty is already the compromise because it's gone down. The governor put in the statutory, so it's already been reduced by the minority to fifty-fifty, which is you know going from about 3,900, 3,800 to about twenty-six hundred.
1: Yeah, and and maybe uh, you know it'll get to a point where the majority can't support that in the House, um, and I like to remind everyone. You know, until the budget uh, leaves the legislature and until it's signed by the governor and the vetoes have either been uh, overridden or accepted, it's still an open open season on the budget. And if uh, you have a bad budget that, you know, isn't doing what it needs to do for the people of Alaska, the right answer is to vote no.
0: Well, then that's the other backstop is the governor, because the House and Senate should be the leadership, the way it should work is they should be negotiating this stuff and they, they come to a deal and then ideally, you know, they bring their people, you know, the president and the speaker they work it out finance folks and they come to a deal and then you know their people should end up supporting it that's how it should work but um there is a couple i mean they only have 23 and if if they lose a few you get down to a point where you really need 21
1: Sure. Well, you know, there's times when the, the effective date hasn't passed the, the House. There's we saw a, that last
0: time where that became a big issue of can the budget be funded if it's because b- bills in Alaska are effective in 90 days unless otherwise, which requires a two thirds vote. And that, that yeah. became a, an issue last year.
1: Yeah. And so you've been watching the, the calendar creep up to July 1st when the official budget, you know, year end and year beginning happens. And, and there isn't a budget worked out in the legislature. And there's talks of special sessions and I mean, honestly, that's been the norm for me. I don't think there's been any of the years I've been here in a non-election year where we haven't had special sessions. Um, so the idea that we would get it all worked out and then leave, you know, before Memorial Day is nice. But uh, I remember nineteen. Maybe the, not. I remember
0: nineteen. I, my first year coming down here in the summer and the expense, how expensive it was to stay at the Driftwood where I was staying. Um, and then it was so hot too. I remember being in the floor. And oh sure. It was it was hot in the in the chamber. You know, it's like. I think with Von Emhoff, remember that, the fishbowl and my clothes stink. You know? Sure,
1: sure. I, yeah, who could forget that? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, not that long ago, the governor, Bill Walker, was calling hotels, you know, basically saying, kick the tourists out. I need rooms for legislators because it was tourist season and, and he hadn't gotten what he needed done and he wanted the legislature to stick around. And, um, yeah, my very first year, we were here for 212 days.
0: You won in 16, so you were, your first year was 17. 17 that was yep. the first year the the uh, kind of coalition, it's called took over the Republicans who were were in power for a long time. And I
1: think uh, Thanksgiving rolled around and we were still technically in session. It was that kind of year.
0: Yeah. So uh, last thing I'll ask you, I guess, is, you know, you're, you're kind of a lightning rod, a bit of a controversial figure around here. Um, And then, you know, there was this whole thing that, which I think I knew what you were trying to say, but it kind of got became a thing. This, this, um, Alaska children's trust deal, which I think people are familiar with, but then afterwards it kind of blew up and, you you got censured. Um, But then now it's like a month later, a few months, I mean, I don't know, a month later, like the people that were kind of really angry, now you're kind of like working with or you're talking to. It's just just such a weird um, situation uh, sometimes. That
1: that, that short video clip you sent out that went viral, um, you know, had the, I think, intended effect on the front end. But I think once people went back and actually listened to the larger conversation, uh, you know, what I was asking made a lot more sense to me. I mean, I, I I think I knew,
0: I think I know what you were asking. You're, the point you were making was, we, we you know, and, and I and I can understand this. We we value children. We, we can't let children get hurt. We can't let you know, but but but, if they're still in the womb, well, some people might have a different. The people who are saying that we value children, we we can't let anything bad happen to children. So sometimes a lot of those times are, they're going to be for abortion. And if you're against abortion, I, I, that's what you were trying to make the point, I assume, right? Uh, no, actually, there's a, a lot
1: deeper uh, context there. I would encourage you to go back and, and watch the, the whole presentation that we received because it... Uh, I, I, watched, I watched,
0: it was long, I watched most of it.
1: Yeah, and, and some of the themes being talked about were um, uh, original. No, that would be too nice word. Were, um, were, were just horrific. I mean, just from the opening, you know, few words of the presentation, we were being encouraged to, you know, basically look at children as commodities. And, and what I asked uh, and what I was hoping that, you know, the presenters could put on the record is that children are not commodities and, and they have an inherent value and worth, regardless of the economic potential that they have. And, you know, if they're six months old and, and you know, are missing a limb, that doesn't make them any less valuable to society.
0: hmm. Well, yeah. The point I was making was that happened, and it kind of got you know the the, the 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 clip went viral, and it you know got some people pretty pretty spun up. But then now, you know, fast forward, it's like you're you're these people, I these pictures where they're talking to you, and I think they're asking you, you know, maybe what you thought, or it's just it's just a it's a pretty weird place sometimes, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Every day is
0: different and, and you never know exactly
1: what's going to happen. Um, you know, you're, you're mad at somebody one day and then tomorrow you, you find out that they agree with you on an issue and, and you can work together in common cause. and, um, and that has been my experience. You know, there's, there's a willingness to, to work with anyone that's, you know, willing to help my constituents and, and the future of Alaska. And, and sometimes that's traditional, and sometimes you find out that, you know, Andy Josephson was a prosecutor, and, and he's with you on repealing SB 91. It's like, okay, that's, that's what my district wants. Let's, mm-hmm. let's make this happen. This is
0: the politics uh, going to make strange bedfellows. Yeah situation so so last thing i'll ask um i assume you're not going to be you're not joining the minority is that, is that, is that uh
1: <laughs> no I, I i have never looked into joining the minority i think that would be very confusing to the people i represent in wasilla i think, yeah, I think
0: it would. not just them i think it might confuse a lot of folks well, well representative david eastman thanks for coming on i really i really want to talk to you because it was just such a you know i was actually supposed to go to vegas on sunday Oh wow. i had a ticket purchased many you know a month in it my buddy was going down and cheap ticket and then i sw- i said i got to be here for this I, you know and yeah I don't want to miss it in case, you know, it's important for my business and to watch. And so Monday, Tuesday rolls by and I said, you know, I made a mistake. I could, I could have literally, I could have watched this from the, yeah. from on gavel. <laughs> and then Wednesday came and I said, my God, I'm so glad I, I stayed.
1: <laughs> well, you might be the only one, but yes. Because <laughs> well, that,
0: that's the kind of thing we don't, we don't see every day here. So that's true.
1: And we hope that uh, we won't see more of that throughout the, the rest of the budget cycle, but uh, you never know.
0: Okay, Representative Eastman, thanks for coming on. And uh, are you going home for Easter? It's it's I actually got a ticket. I'm, it's Thursday, so I'm going home tonight.
1: I, I yeah, the... I just got a ticket. I think I'm going to head out, and take advantage of the the long weekend.
0: <laughs> me too. Well, we'll see you Monday, and I'm sure it's going to be a uh, more more uh, I don't want to say antics, but 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 more action here All ne- right. next week. So yeah, have a good Easter uh, vacation. Thanks again, you too, Representative Eastman. Okay, folks, uh, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one.
1: Landline.